Welcome to season two of the First Prez podcast. Last season was titled Gathered and Sent. It was all about our purpose and mission, being both gathered as the church to equip and encourage one another and sent to be the church in our neighborhoods, schools, and workplaces. This season, we're focusing on the five values that guide all of our decisions as a church. We believe that we are called to be disciple-making disciples of Jesus, who are biblically literate, spiritually formed, mission-focused, and gospel-fluent. So welcome to season two, Values and Direction. So I don't know about you guys, like how things are at your house, but I'll tell you. At our house, we have to have a sense of humor or this pandemic is just gonna make us all crazy. My husband says that this is the longest leap day he's ever had. And for him, if you look at the calendar, it's probably more like Groundhog Day, just stuck in time over and over. For him, there's really not July. We're not nearing the end of July so much as it's February 173rd. And for those of you watching online, when you see this, it's February 177th. At my house, we're still in February, and, and so we make goofy jokes about it, you know. We'll say, well, gosh, you know, it's really hot for February. We'll say, have you ever seen these patriotic fireworks on leap day? We'll say, have you ever seen a hurricane come up out of the Gulf on February? It's so early. Things get a little goofy at my house. So what seems like a very long time ago, back in January, (laughs) we gathered in this space. We worshiped here in the new year before the pandemic. And we began to hear sermons about the vision for First Press. And Chad and Mark and I, we preached with you and we shared with you how we are at once the gathered church and the sent church. And we assemble here and, and now through technology as the gathered church to equip and encourage each other for discipleship and mission and worship. Together we love God and we love others by becoming biblically literate and spiritually formed in order to become disciples. And simultaneously, our vision is to be the sent church who, especially now, strives to be a blessing to others as we become gospel fluent and we exercise the value of being mission focused. Everywhere we go, and and we're, we're Christ's church in the world. We're proclaiming the gospel and we will be disciples who make disciples. So a very long time ago, back in January, I preached on what a disciple is, what that means. And so first and foremost, a disciple is a follower of Jesus, a student of Jesus. And we looked at the passage in Matthew chapter four, where Jesus called his 12 apostles to come, follow me and become fishers of people. And they learned this whole new way of life. 
And the 12 were more than just believers who nodded their heads in agreement with Jesus. They were active followers who responded immediately to the invitation. And so in that sermon, I made you aware of the myriad Sunday school classes and Bible studies that you could join and you could become active followers of Jesus if you were not already. And I prayed for each and every one of you to write God's holy word on your hearts, to know that you were blessed to be a blessing to others. Since then, we've had this pandemic and we've had a series of sermons and we're coming back now these last few weeks on what it means to be mission focused and biblically literate and what it means to be gospel fluent and spiritually formed. And today we're gonna wrap that up with what it means to be disciple making disciples. So let's look at Jesus' words, the ones in red in our Bible, where he delivered the Sermon on the Mount. Let's look at Matthew chapter five, verses 13 to 16, where Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please bow your heads and pray with me? Almighty Father, I pray that indeed you stir our hearts, that you pierce our hearts to hear your word in this sermon, that you speak through me and that you use us in ways that we can't even imagine right now to come alongside someone and introduce them to Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord, for filling this place with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time that we can sit with our Savior. And all God's people said, amen. So one thing you may not yet know about me is that I love to cook. I love to get in the kitchen, to prepare a meal for people to eat. That's just a very cathartic thing for me. I enjoy the trial and error of cooking. I read cookbooks like people read novels. I geek out on the chemistry of cooking. So one thing I'll share with you is the absolute importance of using salt in cooking. One simple thing, like have you ever made oatmeal and you forgot to put in that little dash of salt? It's just so bland and plain. Have you ever made a pot of coffee only to have it taste so bitter and acidic that you just wanna pour the sugar in? Well, if you just had a little pinch of salt in the grounds beforehand, that just smooths out that acidity, makes it taste so good. You know that saying about how a watched pot never boils? 
a little salt in the water will raise that boiling point and the water will come to a boil faster. Salt is a key ingredient in the kitchen before you ever get food to the table and think about that salt shaker. Likewise, salt is a key ingredient in our faith. Looking as far back as Leviticus, salt was to be put on all offerings to be pleasing to God because that was a sign of the covenant. And in biblical times, salt was used to preserve meat or to prevent decay. It was used to spice up foods that otherwise were bland and boring. And in Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples and us, you are the salt of the earth. As carriers of the gospel, we have a treasure to share. But if we keep it to ourselves, like the message and the salt, they're gonna lose their flavor. And Jesus says it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Christians and the church as a whole, we've faced this problem for ages. There is a risk that we will hoard the good news, keep it for ourselves. There's a danger that the church will dilute its message in order to appeal to culture. So if we lose our aroma, if the church loses its taste, then the message is trampled underfoot by passers-by. I want so much more for you. I want us to be a key ingredient in the lives of our neighbors and our friends and our families. I want us to spice things up from the bland, ordinary, everyday life. In Jesus' time, Judaism spoke readily of God as the light of the world. And they applied this term to the law and to the people of Israel. So it was normal for people to hear Jesus speaking in this way on the Sermon on the Mount. They would see God as the source of all light, all life. In the Psalms, his word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. In Isaiah, the servant of God is a light to the nations and Jerusalem is enlightened by the coming Messiah and Jerusalem then enlightens the nations. Throughout the Bible, the light of God, that's his righteousness, that's his love, his fidelity, his truth. And to hear Jesus speak of light was not strange, but to hear him pronounce, you are the light of the world, oh, that was new, that was different, that was unique. And upon hearing this, the disciples, and we, <laughs> we are the lamp bearers, we are the witnesses of the light that's emanating from him. Disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, cannot remain in his presence, in his orbit of light, without reflecting the light, without radiating it ourselves. This light cannot be hidden from view any more than a city 
set upon a hill. Someone traveling by will see it from a far way off. Likewise, when you turn on a lamp or when you light a candle, why in the world would you hide it under a bowl? That defeats the entire purpose of the lamp. Its purpose is to bring light to everyone in the room who needs it in order to see. And yet hiding it, that's what we do when we keep silent. When we hold for ourselves everything we've learned in Sunday school or in a Bible study. When we as the church remain with our Christian friends where it's safe. But is it safe? Is it safe to keep with other Christians? Is it safe to keep the word of God to yourself? To be the light is to do the work of the light. We manifest the light by our words and and by our actions, by our declarations and our displays. And our neighbors, our friends, our family, the people who see our actions and who receive our words, oh, they will be attracted to this light. Personally, my prayer is that others will see Christ in what I'm doing, that others will hear Christ in what I'm saying. Because if they only see me, if they only hear me, then it becomes really easy for me to receive the praise, especially as a pastor. My old pastor, Dave McKechnie, pounded into me that we are not in ministry for the accolades of women and men. And there's a caution for all of us to be on guard to be in the world, but not of it. And if we'll remember that, then the work of the light will direct people's attention to the source of the light. And the glory is for God in heaven. The gospel writer Matthew, more emphatically than in any other gospel, shows Jesus' fulfillment of Old Testament scripture. He's the promised Messiah. And more than any other gospel writer, Matthew develops the concept of discipleship, what it means to be a disciple who makes other disciples. And having said this, I wanted to share with you another viewpoint a different perspective on discipleship. So that's why I chose the scripture reading that comes from the gospel according to Mark. In Mark chapter three, verses 13 to 15, in Mark's usual brevity, Jesus went up on a mountainside and he called to himself a select group of followers. He wanted these 12 to gather, to be with him, to unite. He sent them out to be his emissaries. He sent them out to preach, to spread the good news. And I chose this passage to show you that Jesus started with small relationships. He anointed the 12 to eventually be filled with the Holy Spirit 
and to make more and more disciples and ultimately to change the known world. In another small group, Jesus gathered in the home of Mary and Martha. The gospel according to Luke gives us this perspective in chapter 10, that Jesus and his disciples came to the village of Bethany. They came to the, to the sisters Mary and Martha where they lived and Mary sat at Jesus' feet, listening to his every word. Martha, kind of like Martha Stewart, she wanted the home to be hospitable. She wanted the food to be delicious. So she fussed to Jesus that her sister had left all the work to her. And Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary had chosen time with Jesus. Bible study, if you will. And she chose that over the housework and the cooking. She chose the relationship with her Lord. Jesus was relational. And yes, he spoke to multitudes, like on the Sermon on the Mount that I read from Matthew 5. But, but really, Jesus focused on a few people or only one person at a time in close personal relationship to him. This is how he declared his message. This is how he displayed his mission in ordinary human lives. Author and pastor Greg Ogden says that by following Jesus' model, disciples are made through intentional relationships where we walk alongside one another, encouraging, equipping, and challenging each other to grow toward maturity in Christ. Jesus was relational and we are to model this. If we at First Pres are going to be disciples who make disciples, then that is going to occur through intentional relationships where we walk alongside one another. So when I say that, what does that mean to you? How does that make you feel right now? For some of you, I know it's downright terrifying. For others, it's exciting. And listen, if that's what God puts on your heart, then go for it, follow it. I have no doubt the Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. But allow me to give you a couple of real life situations, some modeling of Jesus Christ that I know is bearing fruit today. First, my friend Denise has been going to the same hairdresser for many years. And I know I have the same situation, so I, I understand what that's like. You see each other once a month or every two months and you talk about the kids and the husband and the schools and your work and what was in that People magazine you read in the waiting area. Well, over these years, Denise has taken that another step with her hairdresser. And God has provided opportunities for her to share her story. No one can debate your story. It's your encounter with the Lord. And it can be just as simple as telling something that happened in your life and then saying, I know that the Lord carried me through that. 
So my friend Denise has been doing this and it turns out that her hairdresser does not believe. So she's been watching Denise and now she talks to her and she even shares with her some health concerns, some family concerns, some marriage concerns. If there's a God, why would he let this happen? Why would he let that happen? And my friend doesn't engage in debate with her. This is not the time. Instead, my friend says, I don't know about that, but why don't you ask him every day? Lord, if you're real, make yourself known to me. Who knows? Who knows if the hairdresser's gonna do it? And if she does it, who knows how God's gonna respond? It's a cliffhanger. I almost can't wait for her to go back in a couple of months so I can hear what happens next. Here's this disciple making disciples in a one-on-one personal relationship, in the investment of time, in the investment of friendship. This is the encounter that develops through relationship. So here's another real life situation. My friend Dan was a missionary from Chicago to people in Egypt. And he was very involved in Middle Eastern missions, and he was very successful at making inroads with Muslim communities. And for over 20 years, Dan poured himself into Egypt. He had mission initiatives. He had this model for American churches to come to share Christ in the Middle East. And he was doing great work for the Lord, but all of it came to a halt when he was grounded in Chicago meeting with a doctor and hearing a really serious cancer diagnosis. And we thought, well, okay, so his career as a missionary is over. He'll probably go work for a church somewhere or you know, maybe Dan would work from home and he could be a support base for other missionaries to go to Egypt. No. <laughs> in Chicago, Dan went to the local mosque, knocked on the door and introduced himself to the imam. They introduced each other's friends. Over time, they introduced each other's families. They've had meals together. Dan got to know the imam. The imam got to know Dan. And Dan worked on that relationship for a really long time before he ever mentioned his relationship with Jesus as his Lord. So in a post 9-11 world, Dan is building bridges with American Muslims. Muslims who are having dreams about Jesus. Muslims who want to know who is this God of love. And so I can't wait to check in with him again. I can't wait to hear what God's done through him. A disciple who's making disciples in a one-on-one relationship. You know, across the three years of Jesus' ministry, he touched thousands, but he trained 12. And Jesus gave his life on the cross for the world to know him. But the only way that the world is gonna know him is because he invested in a few people. So is there a person in your life 
upon whom you are called to focus. Can you see a way that you're the salt of the earth, that you're the light of the world? Do you see an area in your life where you're called upon to be different than this world? Know that I've been praying for you already. I've been praying for you to hear Jesus tell you that you are the salt of the earth, that you are the light of the world. So at your house, whether it's the end of July or it's still February, it's still leap day on your calendar, no matter what day it is, I want you to know that it is never too late to embark on the adventure of a relationship, to grow a friendship that God has already placed before you. Maybe one you didn't even realize. Maybe something you didn't think was this simple. And it's never too late to share your story, to just gently and kindly share the gospel. Today, there's still time to invite someone to join you, someone to learn about who Jesus is in your life. Jesus gave his followers a command. He said, come, follow me. And then he gave them a promise. He said, I will equip you to find others to follow me. We're called to be disciples. We are designed for discipleship. We're designed for relationships that carry out Jesus' ministry and his mission. So pray about that. Pray about how you are salt for someone. You are light for someone, just one someone. And then one by one by one. We are relational beings. We are designed to do what Jesus did, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. On and on, sharing Christ with the world, starting with one friend, one coworker, one family member, one at a time. Amen. Gracious God, Please show us that one. And if that one is already on our hearts, please move us and stir us and grant us courage to reach out, to share our story, to share Jesus' mission and ministry. Oh God, I pray. Move us with your Holy Spirit. Fill our mouths with the words we are to say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website. You can also follow us on Facebook and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.